All right, welcome this morning to Journey Church. I'm Aaron Poor. I'm the associate pastor here. We're at the sixth week of what we're kind of unofficially calling our summer speaker series. Uh, and uh, that's, that's almost not quite tongue twister level, but it's getting close. Summer speaker series. Let me see if I can push it a little further. So I'm the sixth speaker in the summer speaker series today. Um, Pastor Sean asked me to speak and then they will be back with us next week. We're so looking forward to having them back here, hearing what God's been doing and really just the, the, the time that they've had to just refresh and recharge. And uh, so I knew way ahead of time that I was going to be speaking on the fourth week and the sixth week of this sabbatical that where he was where he's been gone. And you know, I don't you guys I'm sure remember that we have been in a series on the book of Acts. And uh, I just kind of without really digging in or praying about it or anything, I just kind of assumed that I would just be kind of moving that series forward uh, when when it was my turn. And of course, two weeks ago, I spoke on, on being able to hear from God. And I felt like that was relevant and that was what I was supposed to talk about. But then two months ago, um, God gave me a message. And it, it, was, it came about in a really rough time. And it's, you know, if I, if I could kind of go back and refer to my own message a couple weeks ago, if you are listening when God is speaking, God will speak to you in those rough times. And he, he really gave me, I knew the points that I was going to cover, most of them anyways, and I knew the name of the message before I even sat down and started typing it out. And so the name of the message is called Lessons Learned in Loss. And so let me first say, what this message is not. Uh, so this is my official disclaimer. Uh, this message is not a substitute for grief counseling. So if you need grief counseling, get grief counseling. So this, this message is not something to put in place of that. Uh, my, my expectation and hope and belief is that God will use this message and give you tools. Uh, one of, one of the um, uh, illustrations that I always think about when it comes to the idea of God giving us tools is just the idea of a tool belt, like a carpenter's tool belt or something. You know, uh, they will have a, a screwdriver and a hammer and, and a square and a tape measure, and they'll have different tools that have different purposes to help them get the job done. And I believe that God at times will give us specific tools to help us to succeed. And I believe that this message uh, is going to be some tools that you can put in your tool belt, but it is not a substitute for grief counseling. Uh, the second thing is not that it's not, it is not a cathartic or therapeutic exercise for me. That's not what this is, honestly. I'd probably rather be talking about something else. So that's this, I'm, I'm just telling you that because I don't want you to think that you're all just sitting here uh, to be my sounding board. That's, that's not what this is. It's not a therapeutic exercise for me. And then the last thing is, disclaimer here, 
it's not complete. It's not complete. Uh, these are lessons learned, and I consider myself to still be in the classroom. And so uh, if I wanted to be more accurate, I could call this message lessons learned in loss so far. So uh, this is not complete. So what you take away today, I believe, and, and last night we had a really good time in the presence of God, and God used this, and people came up and, and, and confirmed this to me, and I, it was really encouraging. I believe God will use this uh, to help many people navigate through different forms of loss. But this is not a complete list of tools or approaches to use. So that's my little disclaimer there. And so the idea of navigating through loss is not a new idea for me, partly just because I'm a pastor. And so I've walked through loss with many people many times. It's not unfamiliar territory. Um, and through teaching on grief and loss and even death from a Christian perspective, I believe God's given me some insight on how to navigate that path. And I, I've seen how scripture speaks to loss and how God promises to come and comfort us and strengthen us and even grieve with us. One of the most astounding scriptures in the Bible, it's a verse and it's the shortest verse in the Bible, and it's the verse that says Jesus wept. The reason that verse is so amazing, if you know the story, is that he was there with Mary and Martha. They were weeping over the death of their brother Lazarus. And Jesus was standing there. And these were friends of Jesus. He knew them. And Jesus was standing there weeping with them. But he knew that he was just getting ready to raise him from the dead. And I don't know about you, but if I was in that situation and I show up and everybody's grieving and I'm like, I'm gonna raise this guy from the dead, I wouldn't be weeping. I'd be like, get ready. This is gonna be so awesome. But it says Jesus wept. And the reason that's so powerful and amazing is that Jesus was weeping with them in that moment. Prior to the moment that the man came out of the grave, they were grieving. And Jesus was with them in the middle, grieving. See, you and I are in the middle right now. We, we live in the, the now and the not yet, right? I mean, we live in a time where God has revealed himself to us and we've experienced new birth, but you guys know we, aren't, we are not yet experienced the fullness of the kingdom of God or the fullness of, 1 Corinthians 13 says that it's like we see through a glass darkly, but one day we'll see face to face. And so we live in this, this, this intermediate time where we have this nearness and closeness and intimacy with God, but we also look ahead to all these promises being fulfilled. And in this middle time, there will be grief, there will be loss, there will be pain, there will be sorrow. We have to navigate those things, and Jesus is with us. So he showed me these different things, and I began to just kind of jot them down on my phone and save them in little bits and pieces. In this last week, I, I put it all together. And so what I want to do is just give you 
five little mini lessons. Instead of your typical three-point message, I want to give you five shorter things that are lessons on how to navigate this. And before I do it, let's just pray real quick. Holy Spirit, we're, we're welcoming you right now, Lord God. We're opening our hearts and we're opening our ears. And uh, Lord, our attention is on you and we're listening. And God, we realize that you have a plan, you have a purpose, you have a path for us to walk. And God, we're just reaching out our hand for you to take it and lead us, Lord God. And so Lord, I just pray that you would just help us to hear, help us to be receptive. And Lord, help me to speak clearly and exactly the words you wanna say in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's, let's go through these lessons. And you can put some tools in your tool belt. First lesson is this. Into every life, some trouble must come. Into every life, some trouble must come. That's not going to be news to everybody, okay? But it might be news to some somebody or some people, depending on how you were brought up or your background, what, you know, the, the types of churches you went to, you know, or, or it may be something that was, that's not something that you're thinking about, or you would even say that's what you believe, but it might just be a thought that's kind of buried down deep that influences the way that you respond and react to things. The idea that, well, if I follow Jesus, all my problems are gone, right? Because the Bible says he wipes away every tear. But again, remember, we live in the tension between the now and the not yet. And he will wipe away every tear, but there will be tears in the now. And so it's important to understand, first of all, that you will encounter loss, pain, struggles, uh, temptations, you will encounter all these things in, when you follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus himself said that broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there are that walk on it, but narrow is the path that leads to eternal life, and few there are that walk on that. Why do you think there are few that walk on it? Because it's not always an easy path to walk on. So it's kind of amazing that in the, the, you know, looking, dealing with the idea of loss, a loss of a close family member. Um, and just for those of you who don't know it, a lot of what I'm referring to here is that my dad passed away two months ago. And so that would be me and my wife, Sarah, and Pastor Sean and Becca, you know, not everybody knows Becca is my sister. And so I had several people come up to me after we had the celebration of life and they're like, you're Becca's sister, your, Becca's your sister? And I was like, yes. So it's affected their family and of course my mom. Um, and in this, in this the, over the course of this last two months, God has just been not only a comforter, but a teacher. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to share some of this with you today. But it's kind of amazing that I've gotten all the way to 50 and yes, I'm 50. Yeah, I, am. I know it's very hard to believe, but uh, I've gotten all the way to 50 years old without experiencing any really significant loss. And 
we've gone through hard times as a family and difficult things and situations, but not loss of any close family member. And so this first lesson is important into every life some trouble must come. And let me give you the scriptural foundation of this so that it's not just Aaron up here spouting out his opinions. First Peter 4.12 says this, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Don't think, well, what, what's going on here? This isn't supposed to be happening. He says, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you as though something strange were happening. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world you will have tribulation but take heart, I've overcome the world. That's why it's so important to have our life grounded in Jesus. That's why he talks about building your house on the solid rock, not on shifting sand. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, three through four says, what a wonderful God we have. He is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. If you have a theology that doesn't allow for not only the possibility, but the eventuality and the inevitability of loss or pain or even forms of suffering, then what's going to happen is when that happens, you're going to be confused and not quite sure what's going on. In other words, if you have a doctrine or a theology that says, if I just follow Jesus, everything's gonna be really great. You're gonna be confused when there are times that things are not really great. And the, the, the kind of secret here is this. We go through times that are not really great and those times through the help of the Holy Spirit teach us to follow Jesus deeper. Storms have a way of strengthening and refining us. That's a separate message, I'm not gonna get into it, but if you have a theology that doesn't allow for that, you'll find yourself confused and disappointed when they come. Uh, at a church we used to uh, go to and, and where we used to serve many, many years ago, uh, we did a song there that said, I'm trading my sorrows, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. And uh, I had a, we did that song one time and I had a well-meaning couple come up to me and rebuke me and say, I'm not singing that. And I was like, what do you mean you're not singing that? They said, well, I'm not saying that I have any sorrows. And I was like, I said, I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sorrows. No, I'm not claiming that I have sorrows. Well, the problem with that is when you do have sorrows, you're going to not have a theology that has any way out of those sorrows because you kind of just choose to not believe that they exist. And so this first lesson is this, into every life, some trouble will come. Now, what are we gonna do with it, right? That's the first lesson. The second, plus, the second lesson is this, and this was one that, that 
is a more fresh revelation for me than some of the others. And the second lesson is this. Has pain found the place that God isn't welcome? Has pain found the place that God isn't welcome? Sometimes when we find ourselves in that place of intense anxiety or loss or pain, we can say, "Where God, where are you? Why aren't you here? Uh, I, I had a, a moment like that. And um, there's, there's a lesson there that was hard for me to learn, but very helpful to see so that I could have a path forward and move forward. And that's, that, that's this, that uh, shallow relationships with God don't work when pain is deep. And I'm, I'm not gonna get ahead of myself too much here, but I found a place where even though I didn't have a shallow relationship with God, it had become more business-like, and the pain that I experienced hit deeper than my normal day-to-day interactions with God were. And so there can be multiple reasons why we find ourselves in a season where it seems like God isn't speaking. And this kind of goes back to the message two weeks ago. But many times, it's not that we found a place where God isn't speaking, it's that we found a place where we aren't listening. And so uh, what I wanna do is, is, when God showed this to me, I immediately saw, because a lot of times God communicates to me in like pictures and images, right? And I saw exactly what he was trying to say And I could bring a whiteboard up here, and then you guys would have to suffer through my horrible artistic skills. Um, So I did what what we do around here, and I made a video. And so here's, here's lesson number two. Now, I want to use this video to just be really kind of transparent with you and, uh, and share some of the experiences that I've had in the last couple months. And hopefully what I've learned through these experiences can help you uh, if you're going through the same thing or you will go through something similar. But there was a moment that I experienced this very thing of this point that we're talking about right now of pain being active in a place where I wasn't in active relationship with God in my heart. And so what happened was as, as we were getting close to this moment where it, you know, began to be clear that, you know, well, my dad's passing away. I had one of those moments that you might experience or imagine where I had a, just a rough day and I was crying out to God and I was praying and I was saying, Lord, I just, I need you right now, you know, because I know what God has. I know what God brings. I know what he provides. He provides peace. He provides joy. He provides wisdom, perspective. And I'm like, I need all of those things. And so God, I need, and I need to hear your voice. Lord, I need a word from you. I need to hear from you right now. And as I was just crying out to God, I just wasn't hearing anything back. And I got frustrated. I mean, I didn't really get frustrated with God. I got more frustrated with the situation. But I did say, Lord, of all the times in my life, 
for you to be silent, this is not one of the best times for that to happen. And God did respond and he did show me something. And, and as he often does, he showed me something in a visual way, right? Uh, he showed me a picture of something and then kind of explained it to me as he showed it to me. But he showed me how we exist and function uh, in different deepening layers, right? Of We have a shallow layer that we exist in, and we have a deeper layer and a core layer. And you'll, if you'll excuse my horrible uh, artistic skills here, let me try to represent and illustrate this. So if you can see, we've got these, these, these squares here that represent these layers. So like outside here, you have kind of a shallow layer, right? So this would be where you're just day-to-day, -day, small talk, right? You're talking about the weather. You're thinking about, uh, you know, where you're going to go for lunch today. Just shallow things like, like that, right? And we can, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We can invite God even into these shallow things right here. And then we can go a little deeper, right? We can have a deeper life where, the, you know, let's say this next level here where we're thinking about things like, relationships and you know where are we going with our life and just a little deeper things maybe a little more philosophical but there's an even deeper place than that and it's this core area right here right it's like this is where we live this is our existence right this is who we are you might even say that this core area would be our identity right and so what had been happening with me this year, just because it had been a busy year and kind of a crazy year, I had just gotten off track a little bit to where rather than uh, living and interacting with God in this core central layer, like last year was just great. I was just spending time with God and, and just living and existing there in that core layer. This year, I'd kind of just gotten more into the habit of in this area right here, where it wasn't shallow, but our relationship, God and I had become more about deciding things and in dealing with issues and things like that, more procedures. And if, if I could say more of kind of more of like a business-like relationship rather than a close relationship. And so what happened was when this uh, came up where it's like, man, my dad is passing away. When pain would hit or when the sense of loss would hit, it wasn't happening out here in these shallow regions, right? And it wasn't even happening here in this middle region. That pain or that sense of loss was happening way down deep in this core area, kind of where, kind of like you've heard the phrase, it hits you where you live, right? And so what was happening is I was interacting with God all around here in this kind of middle layer, but the pain was active in this deeper layer. And so God showed me, he said, look, I'm here. I love you. I care about you. I am speaking to you. But where the pain is active is deeper than where you have invited me to be. And so God is not one that will overpower or barge in. That's not his nature. Let me read Revelations 3.20. It says, you've heard this before. It says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, right? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. 
This is how God operates. This verse is a great um, illustration of how God operates. He doesn't come in and force you to be who you're supposed to be or to do what you're supposed to do. He leads you. He guides you. Uh, he loves you. He encourages you. But we surrender, right? And we submit and we open our hearts. And as we do that, we draw God in and, and invite him into deeper, progressively deeper places in our heart. And so here's the kind of scary thing. You can have new life in Jesus and still be living in a very shallow place with him. Your relationship with God can be functioning in a shallow place or maybe kind of a mid-level place, but not in that deeper place. And you may not feel that shallowness until something deep happens in your life. And then you recognize, oh, that's happening in a part of me and a part of my heart and my mind that is deeper than God is functioning. So if I welcome God into this deep place, then I get what he brings, peace joy, hope, love in those deepest parts of my heart. But if there's a deeper place of my heart that I've not submitted to God, uh, then it's going to feel like he's not there when things hit you in that deep spot, right? Uh, or you just haven't asked him to occupy that deep place in your life. So the moment that you realize that that is the case is actually a good opportunity for something powerful to change in your life. It's a good opportunity. And that brings us in to our next point. Yeah, so I think that that was a key moment for me to realize that there was something that I could do to change what I was experiencing. And so that brings us into this third lesson. The third lesson is this. A broken heart can be a soft heart. One of the biggest enemies of a Jesus follower is not Satan, not politicians that don't agree with you, not uh, a certain type of sin active in the world. One of the biggest enemies of a Jesus follower is a hard heart. And when you allow hardness in your heart, it can stifle and limit your ability to connect and relate to God and move forward and mature and grow in God. <clears throat> so when your heart is broken, you are kind of at a fork in the road. You can choose to go into a place where your heart is more hard is, has become more jaded and cynical and separated, or that moment of brokenness can lead you to a place where you soften your heart. And where you soften your heart is the point where you can invite God into those deeper places, like that illustration I was showing you with the core spot, right? You break down those barriers and you can invite God into those, those places. Uh, one of the most challenging nights for me in the days uh, leading up to my dad's passing, I went out to the prayer cabin and I was praying and I was kind of seeing the writing on the wall and I was just, I mean, you know, 
doing everything you might imagine, praying, just crying out to God, and, and just in pain. And I did two things that night that made a huge difference. And they were both very difficult, but they made a big difference. The first thing that I did was I worshiped. I worshiped, and I mean, and I worshiped. And I didn't worship so that. I, I didn't worship, if I worship God, then maybe something will happen. No, I worshiped God because he's worthy to be praised. And the question I had to ask myself was, is he only worthy to be praised when everything's going well? Or is he always worthy to be praised? And if he's always worthy to be praised, then when I'm in a very low, painful moment, then I have a very unique opportunity to, to offer praise to God uh, in, a, in a place that I normally am not. I, I mean, I'm believing that I'm not going to be in that place very many other times in my life. And so I worshiped God and I gave him truly a sacrifice of praise. And something changed down deep in me when I did that. The other thing that I did was I did ask God to move into those deeper places. And I said, Lord, I don't want, as, as, as rough as this situation is, I don't want to miss any opportunity that I might have right now with the condition of my heart. And so as things are, it, I feel like there's just pieces breaking off, Lord, I want you to come in and move into these deeper places. And the, the picture that I got, if any of you ever do any kind of woodworking or anything, you know when somebody makes like a tabletop or something like that and they have a slab of some, sort, some certain type of wood that has fissures and cracks in it, uh, you've seen maybe possibly where somebody's like applied a resin to that. And what happens is that resin kind of kind of just makes its way down into the fissures and the cracks and the void spaces in that wood. And then it hardens and it makes a new, complete, stabilized piece of wood. And it's beautiful when you sand it down and put a, put a, a finish on it. And I just saw God coming down into these void spaces and filling them. And so this, is, this became an opportunity to grow. And, and this is what happens when you follow Jesus. You, you walk through things. You go up mountaintops and you go down into valleys. But if you're following him, you're growing. You're getting stronger. Um, the fourth lesson. We're getting our tool belt filled up today. Uh, the fourth lesson is this. Move through grief correctly. Move through grief correctly. Um, I, I kind of, and, I, and let me, before I go any further, let me say this. Different people grieve in different ways. And so don't make the mistake of imposing a system on how grief has to look. And the way you grieve may not be the same way somebody else grieves, and the degree to which you grieve may not be the same. But I saw grief... Uh, if, we, if I was doing it right, let me say that, as almost like a polite guest that is on my doorstep, that I invite in, we sit down and we have a conversation. And when I've had enough, 
I ask it to go back outside, and then we pick up that conversation at a later time. That's me being intentional about moving through grief. But what happens is, and this happened to me a couple times, is when you resist that process, then grief picks its time that it's going to come in, and then you deal with it on its terms. And so we have to be able to move through the process of grief and make space for it, um, or it will choose its own opportunity. And then you'll find yourself talking to somebody, and then one little statement is made, or one little memory pops up, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where'd that come from? And I, I came across this video of Brady Boyd. He actually, and you know, God does not move in mysterious ways. God moves in amazing ways. And sometimes God moves in obvious ways. And I came across this, this message Brady Boyd preached just a few weeks ago called Good Grief. And I want to give you just a, like a little one minute, one and a half minute excerpt of him talking about this very thing. Uh, because he, what he's saying is really powerful and it's one of our tools. So let's show this video. Proverbs 14 says, even in laughter the heart may ache and joy may end in grief. But grief, so grief is something that you have to enter into voluntarily. Listen, you, all the, all the dudes in the room, all you tough guys, all you quiet tough guys, listen, it's not serving you well right now. Talk about it, confront it. I, I don't like sharing my feelings either. I don't like getting around a bunch of people. I just shared my feelings with a thousand people in the room though. And I, 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 it's medicinal for me. It's medicinal for you. There is no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. You have to talk about it. And grief is something we have to enter into voluntarily. There is pain from avoiding the pain. Listen to Ecclesiastes 7. Sorrow is better than laughter sometimes. Because a sad face is good for the heart. It's confronting something in the heart. And the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. What's the Bible saying here? The Bible is saying, listen, don't ignore it. Confront it. Talk about it. Don't, if you push that pain to the side, it will resurface in other ways. It will come to the surface. And it will surprise you where that pain will come back to you. You'll snap at somebody. That anger will come back. And what happens? Well, it's unconfronted pain. The pain was never dealt with properly, so it comes out of you improperly. If it's not dealt with in a healthy way, it comes out of you in an unhealthy way. And so the Bible is inviting us into this story. The Bible is inviting us in. So the first thing that happens when you grieve properly is you confront the pain. Did you see what he was saying there? I, the, the statement that he made about there is pain when you don't confront pain uh, is very, very true. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4 says this, We do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So, we move through grief intentionally. Um, but we don't, we, we, we don't grieve like those who have no hope. So there is a different kind of a grief. And, and the point that I'm wanting to kind of come into here is this, 
is that there is a grief that every single person on earth will go through in the natural. But then there is a grief that those who follow Jesus will go through uh, that has this eternal hope connected to it that is totally different. But there is grief. I think that's my main point. We grieve uh, because the pain of loss points to the significance of what was lost. If there wasn't grief, that would be kind of strange. And you've all heard about stages of grief, right? I mean, probably you have. I'm, I'm assuming you've heard about the stages of grief. And, and it's very real. And it's not linear either. It's not like you do this one, then this one, then this one, then this one. But there is something to, how do I put this here? There's something about new life in Jesus that brings a beautiful new dimension to this. And let me make a statement and I'll put it up on the screen. There is a natural process of stages of grief that psychology has discovered and defined, but there is a supernatural process of healing and restoration that the word of God reveals and the Holy Spirit performs that is greater. Now, let me be really, really clear here. I am not saying that you don't go through stages of grief. That would be like saying, well, if you are in Christ, then your, your physical body can never, ever be injured, right? But that's not what the Bible says. I mean, if you drive out of here today and you run your car into a telephone pole, you're going to be injured in your physical body. The difference is, is, is not that you will have to go through stages of grief. The difference is, are you going through that with the Holy Spirit or without the Holy Spirit? Are, and, and so healing, the idea of healing, supernatural healing, can be applied to our physical bodies when we're sick. It can also be applied to our mind and our emotions. And so that same type of healing can, can take place. So I'm not discounting stages of grief. I'm going through them right now. Uh, I'm just saying that you and I are not limited to the natural process. We serve a supernatural God. And if we partner with him, we submit to him, we align with his ways and his leadership, then we will find a supernatural process of restoration at work in us as we move through grief. The fifth lesson, and this is our last tool going in our tool belt, loss will pull your perspective back on eternity where it belongs. Loss will pull your perspective back on eternity where it belongs. Colossians 3 one through four says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This reorients your perspective to eternity. That's where your perspective is supposed to be. It lifts your eyes up from temporary things. We were never meant to have our attention, our affections, our energy spent and overwhelmed by 
natural, circumstantial, situational things. We were not designed to be a slave to circumstances. And let me pull it out of this negative thing. Let's put it into a positive thing here. We were not meant to have our attention uh, captured by the things of this world, even good things. We're planning a vacation in November. We're gonna go to the mountains. I can't wait to get in them. I can't wait. I'm so tired. I'm sorry, summer people. I apologize. I'm just tired of the sweat and the bugs and the poison ivy and the allergies and all that. I just wanna get and look at mountains and drink coffee. And I'm so excited about that. But even wonderful, beautiful things, oceans, right? Ocean people. E even wonderful, beautiful things here were never meant to capture and dominate our attention. We were always supposed to have our mind set on eternal things. And significant loss has a way of jarring us into a proper perspective. It, let me put it this way. Your life was not redeemed by the Son of God so that you could check off items on a bucket list. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is way bigger than that. Your significance in this world is way bigger than your retirement plan or your vacation plan or what's gonna happen next week. It's a way bigger scope than that. Significant loss has a way, if we will allow it, to pull our perspective uh, that way. It, it's a jarring reminder that we are to be living for eternity. So let me come in for a close. I don't have any more tools for your tool belt. Uh, let me ask the band to come back up. And let me just kind of, I just want to summarize this. Because the, the goal here today is that if you are dealing with some form of loss, and it doesn't have to be the loss of a loved one, it could be another form of loss that you're experiencing or pain. I want you to be able to have scriptural responses and tools to be able to navigate that. Remember, not everybody deals with grief in the same way. What may be relatively easy for you might be the hardest thing in the world for the next person. Um, and I, I had a message on this called Made for the Storm several years ago. And the idea behind it is this, that if your life belongs to Jesus, you will go through storms, struggles, trials, and you will come out refined, stronger. And if you will walk through loss holding the hand of God, that pain will become like a high pressure hose. You ever use one of those pressure washers on the side of your house or your driveway or whatever, right? And it just, just cleans off the grime, right? And the pain of that loss will become like a high pressure hose that just strips away a lot of stuff that shouldn't be there in your thinking, in your heart. But the only way that works is to walk in surrender with Jesus and partnership with the Holy Spirit. So let me summarize our tools today, our lessons. Number one, loss is inevitable. Into every life, trouble will come. Number two, pain may have found a deeper place in you than God is presently occupying. 
And if you feel like I'm in the worst place in my life and God's not saying anything to me, that may be what's going on. That's actually a wonderful opportunity. Leads us to number three. A broken heart can be a soft heart. A, a broken heart can be an opportunity. It can be an opportunity to become more jaded and cynical and hard-hearted, or it can be an opportunity to become more soft-hearted and welcome God into deeper places in your life, right? Number four, we have to move through grief intentionally. We have to be intentional about it. We can't put it off. We can't try to just distract ourselves and get busy. We have to be intentional or it will find a way to come in and you'll have to deal with it on its terms. And then last of all, number five, loss will put your perspective into eternal things. You know, I think that whether you're experiencing some form of loss today or not, I think that each one of us has an opportunity right now to come to a deeper place of surrender and open our hearts and invite God into a deeper place of occupation in our hearts. And so as we stand up, let me pray. And then we're gonna go into another time of worship. And I just wanna ask you to, to reach out and open up and invite the Holy Spirit deeper. Lord, we're so thankful, God, that you are with us. We're so thankful, God, that you are for us. We're thankful, Lord God, that even though, yes, you do have answers to all of these things, and yes, you do have, uh, you do have peace, and you do have joy, and you do have strength, and you've got all of these things. I thank you, Lord, that even in spite of all of that, you still grieve with us, Lord. You never abandon us, you, you are with us. And Lord God, I pray right now that as we worship, that our eyes would be lifted up to your glory, to your eternal majesty, and that our perspective would be shifted to you, Lord God. And it would put everything else in the proper perspective. Holy Spirit, move right now, we pray. We invite you in Jesus' name.